0: This is the made man, Gino capo and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers. Capisce? Taking your way in the world today, takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries, sure would help a lot. Are all the same. You wanna go where everybody knows your name. You wanna go where you can see that. troubles all the same. You want go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Especially when you do karaoke. Welcome to Wrestling Cheers, where we like to talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This week, it is an interview episode with OCW's Flex Jordan. Now, I am your host. I am heavy set. And like I said, this is Wrestling Cheers. We are brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and NEO Sports Insiders. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast at, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean rest and, and hit us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash restingchears, twitter.com slash resting cheers, and Instagram.com slash resting cheers. Email if you so choose a desire. Wrestling Cheers at gmail.com. And we still have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said, much like last week, where we sat down with PB Smooth. This week, we are sitting down with Flex Jordan. Now, these were recorded about a 24 hours difference from each other, maybe technically a little less, because PB was after a show, but Flex was before a show earlier the next day. So, you know, everything within the realm of that time. So, I don't know what's changed since I recorded this intro, but we also cut into MGK and Eminem, so we talk a little bit about that. So if it's out of date already and they both release some sort of different track, like yeah, that's something we touch on. So we only really, if we talk about anything, it's you know, Rap guy or Rap Devil and Killshot. And I want to give a big, huge shout out and thank you as always for the hospitality of Jeremy from OCW, the owner, always providing me with the access backstage before the show to record the interviews with them, and I, I thoroughly enjoy it. We talk about a little bit of the differences at the beginning of this interview of things that have changed since the, the two months or three months since I had been to the OCW arena, but only two months since the OCW show. So uh, I don't want to have this be too long. So I guess, much like last week, we'll have it commercial before and after the interview. So I guess we'll cut to that, and then we'll be back with... Flex Jordan.
1: Center stage, center stage, yeah.
2: Hi there, I'm Ben Center. I'm the host of the brand new podcast, Center Stage. It's a place where I like to bring people on that have interesting stories that I feel the world needs to hear. I talk to authors, filmmakers, burlesque dancers, wrestlers, and I bring on my friends and we deep dive topics about wrestling. So if you want to listen to the podcast, and I hope you do, it's Center Stage, S-E-N-T-E-R, like my last name, Center Stage. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Center Stage, nx on twitter that's center stage nx on both twitter and instagram if you want to follow me ben center on twitter it is center club on twitter um you know what you should do is keep listening to wrestling cheers it's the best podcast about independent wrestling here in ohio i want to give a big thanks to all the guys from wrestling cheers especially justin for this opportunity keep listening to wrestling cheers listen to wrestling stage uh, wrestling stage, center stage It's my own podcast, I'm going to leave that in Listen to center stage after you listen to Wrestling Cheers, let's get back to the show Shall we?
1: Center stage, center stage
0: Is the new Alright, we are back here on the podcast a Little, I don't know how this sounds We're in an old classroom First time I've ever done this in the OCW arena Is uh, an old classroom Instead of like doing it in the stairwell like we normally do We're here In this classroom, and I'm here with one of the very first people, if not, I mean, I think there's more, that have actually came to me and said, when the hell can I be on the podcast? (laughs) So we have now former uh, OCW Ohio Heritage Champion, the second former champion on the show, but uh, we have uh, Flex Jordan. How's it going?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: Dude, it's just, it's been two weeks, I mean, two months away from this place, and I admit, I kind of missed it.
1: Yeah, I mean, last show, even though I wish I was talking to you right now with that you know, title <laughs> around my waist still, yeah. it was a great show. You know, top to bottom, the card was amazing.
0: I mean, two title changes is big. Yeah. Like, you had your match, and then you had the Electra Company finally overcoming that mountain and becoming the, uh, the I'm saying I'm moving too many places, like the OCW <laughs> Tag Team Champions, and yeah. that, that, that was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Truck and Jake, I mean, they're they're two really young and hungry guys, and they deserve it. You know, they've worked their tails off to kind of get that tag team title around their waist, and I'm I'm proud of them. Surprised a lot of guys in the back, you know. You know, the Warhorse is a great, great physical yeah. tag team. Unstoppable, almost. So, it kind of surprised some guys in the back, but I'm happy to see them with those tag team championships.
0: And it's cool to see guys like them travel. Yeah. When I see them pop up at different places, especially as a tag team, because I feel like truck is a guy who has popped up places without Jake. Right. But them popping up together. It's like, okay, like this could be something that catches on. So I want to see them pop up as many places as possible.
1: Yeah. I remember when I first, you know, started traveling a lot when I was first getting into the business, I had about, you know, three or four different tag team partners, depending on what show it would be. So, uh, you know, a few we'd won championships with, but yeah, I mean, just depending on where you're at, you know, you're, your partner could be different so developing that chemistry can really be challenging at times yeah. but good for them
0: and i think those are two guys that i mean it's very reminiscent of Shawn michaels and diesel yep and they have that chemistry together and it's odd that it's diesel and a truck like we're comparing <laughs> those like those two things but it they they do have that chemistry it is very much a tall guy shorter guy chemistry but it, it still works and like i said just seeing them pop up other places is really really cool
1: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm proud of them, and you know, I'm I'm happy from what I've seen when I first started coming back to OCW from, you know, where they were to where they are now. Obviously, the tag team champions they've they've yeah. grown leaps and bounds.
0: So, man, uh, explain a little bit about yourself. Like, I try not to do the, like the generic stuff, but you are not as big of a name in Ohio, and I want for anybody who has no idea who you are to learn a little bit about you.
1: Yeah. So, um, lead athlete, Flex Jordan i started training in 2013 the end of 2013 okay. i trained down at the central ohio well now the ohio pro wrestling academy okay. uh, down in newark ohio with james avery tommy chill and cyrus poe um, so some of the guys in my class uh levi connors you know was one of the graduates bruce yeah. gray uh, when I mean he bruce. came back from you know being a referee he started wrestling um but we had, we had a good group of guys Duke B. Famer was another one that was in there mm-hmm. um and that was one of you know i was the second class that james had ever started training um so i started in 2013 had my first booking in 2014 and kind of gone from there what was your first
0: time here at ocw because you said you left like like was i here for the beginning because i've been do- i mean i've been around here for a little over a year
1: so ocw um used to run a little further south um so i was you know robbie was still here juice was still here jimmy was still here yeah uh, this was kind of more in the 2014 ish time frame
0: so that was i think that was the jeff cannon yeah
1: era. so yeah, exactly. yeah so that was kind of the jeff cannon era so uh that's when that's when i ran here keith the referee was still around okay. so um he's made his way up here but yeah so i, I know ocw for a brief period of time kind of quit running for a little bit, and then they started back up right yeah. here in the Akron area.
0: Which I love, because OCW was a company that would come up here from time to time, and they had a lot of names that I would recognize from certain shows. and But it would be like, I didn't want to go down there in southern Ohio. It's like nothing against that. Like Now, I, I mean, I am I drive 70 every day for, for my works, but it's like then that was a long way, and now it's like, okay, we're, we're moving up in Akron, and like we're going to be based here, and I'm like, alright, cool, because I feel, I feel like Akron doesn't have a decent wrestling scene there's companies that pop up around here like there's one recently that i'm not going to name them but in my opinion they are a very subpar company they don't even i don't think they've ran in over a year and it's it's that kind of inconsistency that we were missing so we have a a company now like ocw that's like not even just we're based in akron it's the fact that like we're in the ocw arena this is where ocw runs most of the shows and did no be like okay we're going to go to the OCW arena. I know, we know what it looks like. We know how to get there. We know what to expect. It's th- that kind of dependability that n- the independent wrestling needs. So when that became uh, around here, I was full for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, even, you know, back before they moved up to this area, they still had a home. They still had a base location. Yeah. but. It's even more so now that, like you said, now that they're in Akron, that you have the OCW Arena, and you know every show is going to be here, which yeah. is awesome. Especially as a competitor, you know, you know, you know the venue, you know the building, so you don't really have to, you know, analyze your surroundings as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: you know where the after party is going to be. Know
1: where the after party is going to be, Max Cabana.
0: Yes, that's and uh, we're going to both do karaoke That's Got to
1: plug that in. You know, I'm, I'm disappointed because. Every time I go there, I just want to rap Ice Cubes. Today was a good day. I can rap that whole song without really? even looking at the lyrics. I promise you that. It's even better than my Will Smith, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Because
0: that, yeah, that's a staple. I think the funny thing was uh, I was having my girlfriend. We were talking about TV show themes. I think I had found the Orange is a New Black theme, like on uh, Apple Music. And there's, like, obviously a big chunk that they cut out. So she was singing it, and then all of a sudden... There's this part she didn't know, and I'm like, "Oh, did you know the Fresh Prince of Bel Air song? There's a full version." She went, "What?" So I found the full version and I played it for her. And to me, like, that is like when I first learned that. Oh, some of these uh, TV show themes might have longer versions. Yeah, and that, that cut down a little and bit. They, I think there isn't there a full video of the original.
1: There like, is a full video. Like when he, at one point, he's on an airplane, you know, actually going to yeah. Bel Air. But it's funny because everybody knows. I shouldn't say everybody but a lot of people know that theme song pretty yeah. well so it's funny to see people you know start to sing it when they hear it and then once the full version starts they're like eh, uh, uh, yeah okay <laughs> yeah.
0: so yeah that's that's a, a gem because i know like that's your staple just like my staple is you know forgot about dre and yeah, I, think I love the, that song which i don't think you were at the last one that i went to which i haven't been here in like now two months but I did like three different songs that I've never done. Really? And people were just like, like, I was expecting Forgot About Dre. And I think one of my biggest issues is when we first, the first Max Cabana one I went to, which I think was the first one, there were people that I heard were overheard here. I'm like, oh, they're just doing the same songs they always right. do. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But I really like Forgot About Dre. I yeah. can do the whole song. I'm very proud of myself for that. But if you want something different, I'll give you something different. I, there's other songs that I I practice too. Which just sounds weird, like, like I don't know about you. Like, I'll get, I'll try to figure out what will be good for karaoke, and I'll go on YouTube, find a karaoke yep. video, practice it, and then, like, if I think my voice isn't good for it, I won't do it, right? But there is some that I am just like, oh, I know this, and like my big key, especially forgot about Dre, which I don't know if you've noticed, I won't look at the lyrics. Yeah, I'll purposely put my back towards the screen and just or walk away from the screen, and I'll do it like on my own
1: because you want to get the crowd involved i mean to me that's the whole point of a karaoke after party get everybody involved sing songs that people want to hear yeah you know there's a lot of songs that i don't sing because i know that i'm just gonna either a butcher the lyrics Mm -hmm. not forget you know you know forget kind of how it goes yeah and i mean three like i'm not the best singer i mean i can rap a little bit not the best singer so I'm not gonna go up there and just bore you to death with some old, you know, country song that I may like, but nobody in that bar wants to hear.
0: Yeah, I think for me, like I'll pick from just songs that I know I could do, because I've I've done stuff with like I'm trying to figure out. There's certain songs that I've looked and I'm like, I know the song, I could do the song. But I can't, like, hit the notes and it's going to sound like shit. Like, actually, I had a, had a conversation with Chuck, which I got to talk to him later if we can do this. Um, I want to do Lincoln Park's In The End. That's oh, one of my yeah. favorite Lincoln Park songs. But I cannot hit Chester's vocals. And he actually admitted he could. I'm just like, well, I'll, I'll do the rap part.
1: You do the singing part. You want kind of want to do that? If Chuck can pull that off, that'll be pretty impressive.
0: The last one I went to, he did it after I left. Like, he was, he put in for it, and it was just one of those things that it was taking way too long. And I'm like, I gotta get him. <laughs> so, I, it, it might have played like shortly after I left, but I was like, I gotta get out of here. Like, I think we waited a good half hour.
1: Yeah, every time I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna do the fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song. I'm gonna think of something else. I sit there and I think, and I'm like, all right, I got it. Walk up, and there's always a list of like 20 people, and I'm sitting yeah. there thinking, I'm probably gonna be gone before my name gets called.
0: Well, I will give the guy credit. It, like, if you haven't gone up yet, He'll fast track you. Yeah. And then I think he'll be like, okay, maybe you've gone up a second time, but there's people ahead of you that have gone up like three or four, like he'll fast track you a little bit. But after that part, it's like, yeah, you put it in, it's going to take like 20 songs.
1: I mean, kudos to him for, you know, putting up with our reality bunch too. So (laughs) I think we we did get lucky. The last one I went to, there
0: wasn't a lot of people there, but there was still, there was still enough people doing karaoke where it's just like, okay, you're about like, you're going to be in like 20 songs. Maybe not even, but you're going to be in like... Six, seven songs. It's right. like, oh, that's gonna take forever. And sometimes you get those people, you get bumped because of fast track people, and it's like, I can't complain. I've gone up two times already, and so if I go up a third time, like, what's the difference to me? So, yeah, I've I always look forward to that aspect of. So when I miss OCW shows and I can't do that, I'm upset. But I've been kind of like planning in my head of like what songs I'll do this time. Like, I think in my head, I think one of the ones I want to do, I love. Uh, go really old for the fifties. Oh yeah. Uh, Richie Valens' La Bamba. I don't know shit for Spanish, but I know all those <laughs> lyrics. And uh, Buddy Holly, True Love Ways. Okay. Because like I can hit his registers. He doesn't get too high, but you get people like I'm trying to figure out their um, like I can't do like a Whitney anything Whitney Houston or anything like I can't, or Mar- Mar- Mariah Carey. And actually, I, I don't know if I tweeted this to you. I think between me, you, I think Robbie, Robbie and Jimmy, there was this list of. uh, karaoke things to try yep and it was just like 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 this is like the hardest level stuff of stuff to do and like he gave you like every category of like this is the top notch i remember one of them was frank sinatra's my way
1: oh man
0: and i took a listen to that and i'm like frank i have your i can probably do your voice but i don't know if i could do that song i don't (laughs) know if i could do it justice
1: really it makes you appreciate the artist you know you can sing the song in your shower all you want but when you're up in front of people trying to make sure that you're getting every note right you're like man they're talented
0: yeah, and I always think it's crazy that like, there's people that don't do it. Like I don't know, I love karaoke.
1: When, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, one, I mean, obviously, you know, being a wrestler, being an entertainer, there's there's no point in my life where I'm ever uncomfortable being in front of a crowd or mm-hmm. you know not wanting to try something new. Oh, so, yeah. I guess for more of the introverted people, maybe I get it. But still, yeah. you're at a karaoke bar, have fun. That's why we're here to get up there and sing, sing mm-hmm. your heart out.
0: I've kind of even thought like, if, like when I get to the point of getting married and having a reception i kind of want to do karaoke
1: i actually was in a wedding in june okay. and we uh there's about 30 people kind of straggling at the after party you know it's around 11 o'clock at night everybody's mm-hmm. kind of getting bored at this point mm-hmm. and um the dj was you know just playing songs everybody didn't really know what to do they were kind of dancing yeah and i said hey play ice cubes today was a good day yeah and i said do you have a microphone he's like yeah so I grabbed the microphone, and I started rapping and twerking and singing Today Was a Good Day by Ice Cube, mm-hmm. and everybody just got electric from there. And then I started, you know, the quote-unquote revolution because everybody started lining up to this DJ and playing songs that they wanted to hear and sing. So, I mean, it's kind of a way to—it's a great point by you. It's a good way to get, you know, your guests more involved and— yeah. Kind of, it's a good time.
0: Like I think of the beginning part of like receptions, like obviously, like where you know everybody's coming in. So you're playing like just music to keep the atmosphere, and then you do the cake cuttings and, and the food, and, and I'm this is all out of order, but because I don't <laughs> know the official order, everything's <laughs> supposed to go in. But uh, there's, I mean, there's all that, and but you get to the point after all the dances are done that are that are Why not karaoke?
1: I mean, weddings are expensive as it is. And you're asking, even if you're not in a wedding, you're asking a lot of your guests, you know? So let them have fun. Let them enjoy it. Make them, you know, feel like they're going something that they're going to look forward to. Because I don't know about you, but there's a few weddings that I've been to and I'm like, "Ah, do do I really want to go to this wedding? I mean, I barely know the person, you know, I'm invited. I I should probably go, you know, just to be nice. But I'm like, man, it's going to be kind of boring. And then, you know, you get to some and you're like, wow, this was definitely worth it.
0: Yeah. Apologies. My freaking watch went off and I'm trying to shut everything off. On God damn you. <laughs> you just updated shit and I don't know where everything is. Anyway. But no, I feel like when it comes to weddings, especially after that point, once the music starts and like we're going to start, everybody's going to get on the dance floor and dance. And like, that's the point. Like, you're going to have people who are had enough to drink where they're like, I'll go up there. Right. What song do you want me to do? I'll, I'll do it. The, that,
1: the, the liquid courage. Yeah. Like,
0: so you'll get the people like me and you that like to do it for fun, but then you'll have the people who will probably make an ass of themselves, but that will make the night fun. because exactly. You're like, it's almost like, I don't want to say a wedding gift, but it's like, okay, like, let me get like, let me do some entertainment instead of, I, I, I get the live band. I get the DJ stuff, but I don't know. I think that is a, something that's missing for wedding reception. it, involves, think,
1: it involves everybody. Yeah. So it's, I mean,
0: who doesn't? I mean, I don't know if I've ever been to a really bad karaoke.
1: No, I mean, I've I've been to bars where people have done some terrible karaoke, and yeah, that happens. But I mean, when you're going to a bar and there's karaoke, you know, that's that's a little bit different, I guess, if you want to mellow out. But if you're going to a karaoke bar, like we said before, like you just need to get up there and sing.
0: Yeah, let's uh let's uh since we're into music and we we kind of talked about this before, and I hope we don't didn't kill it, but we can definitely uh, talk about it again, but. This, we are recording, see, this is September 22nd, actually the first day of fall, but last night, which would be last week for the listeners, I talked to PB Smooth and we talked about MGK versus Eminem. So now this is going to be two weeks after recording or close to two weeks after recording and I'm hoping MGK and Eminem didn't put out more songs to make these questions, this conversation irrelevant or just completely change the course of it. But MGK versus Eminem, uh, I know you're obviously a rap fan, oh, yeah. hip hop fan, like what... Where's your stance? Like, How do you feel about all this?
1: I mean, MGK, if he releases another diss track on Eminem, then he's just burying himself even yeah. further. Eminem destroyed him, and he didn't even try, in my opinion. I don't think he really tried as yeah. hard as he could have. That's
0: what I think a lot of people that I know that were like, well, MGK put out a better song, because they were like, that was the best song he ever put out, but that's not the best song Eminem put out. But he I'm He like, put
1: out a better chorus. Than Extreme,
0: that's that definitely a big thing. I've heard like, well, the I like the chorus; it's catchy. The beat was good, and I'm like,
1: and he had a video,
0: and he, you know. My funny, the funniest thing about that is in the first 24 hours, Eminem when he released it on YouTube, that single of just the, the cover shot mm-hmm. was is like the most listened to hip hop song or hip hop video in the history.
1: Yeah, I in mean, the first that's... 24
0: hours in the history of YouTube. So yeah, you can put out a video. M just put out a graphic, and, and it, it did better.
1: And in my opinion, I mean, you could tell MGK was really... I feel like he had these feelings brewing for a while. Dude, dude me too. And he really, really went above and beyond to try to get at Eminem, which, yeah. in my opinion, is kind of the wrong thing to do. Yeah. I watched an interview with Eminem before he actually you know, released the diss track to mm-hmm. MGK, and he said, and I quote, if I tried to make a diss track about everybody who came at me after i released kamikaze i'd be writing distracts for the next five years yeah so you know mgk finally eventually kind of got under his skin a little bit to where he's like you know you're annoying i'm just gonna crush your career right now my favorite line is i had to give you a career Mm -hmm. before i took away your career i mean that's totally true i mean I'm from the Columbus area. I know you're from the Cleveland area. Mm-hmm. So I know MGK is kind of more of a hometown hero to you, even though you're a, an Eminem fan. Mm-hmm. But besides people in my hometown that are kind of rap enthusiasts, nobody really cares for MGK.
0: Not a lot of people that I know in Cleveland care <laughs> for MGK. That's the that's God honest truth. Like when, when he got powerbombed by Kevin Owens, everybody yeah. that I knew was just like, oh, thank God. Right? Like, like I hate MGK. And that was before then. Like at that time, I liked him. Like he put out a lot of good stuff, but then when he targeted Eminem, I'm like, that's, I mean, that's my childhood. You're kind of going at, and like you could be like, he because I know he's like, oh, I'm doing this for my generation. You know what? I'm well, technically, I'm older than him, but it's like I I grew up listening to him and I I'm more attached to him. Like you kind of mentioned yeah. uh, what he was, what the things he said in that interview. How much do you know about Proof Eminem's um, best friend?
1: I know some. I mean, I I know how much. You know the recovery album. Um, oh man, what's the song? Uh, uh, it's it's basically a song about Proof. Um, Never over. Never over. Yeah, Word, I mean that's yeah, a yeah. that is a great song. I know I, you know obviously I watched Eight Mile like probably most people have, but uh, I don't know a whole lot about Proof and a little bit about you know how he, you know how much he meant to Eminem and mm-hmm. you know how he died, but I don't know a whole lot about his career per se. I,
0: I was a huge fan of his. Oh, really? Like I can say that before he died. Like when uh, the year before he put out a a solo album called Searching for Jerry Garcia, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I went out and bought the special edition that came with the DVD. (laughs) Um, I didn't the stuff I bought afterwards because I couldn't get access to when I was younger. But I like one thing I have is an album called Electric Kool Aid Acid Testing, and it's only physically available on vinyl. Really, and it's a really really cool uh, like see through green vinyl. But he has a song on there that he he disses Detroit rapper uh, Isham. who had a big beef at that time with Eminem and Proof and D12 and all that? And at the end, well, he well, first off, he it's the song is called is called Esham, but it's E S H A M, like it stands for something with you know periods. Uh, it stands for every sucker has a moment. And at the end of the song, he he kind of goes off and he's just like, you know what, I'm done dissing you, Esham. Esham, quit dissing me, man. You know this is getting old. And then he he kind of says like, if anybody else wants to diss me, guess what? I'm even going to respond because. You're just gonna think this is something that i do yeah and like when, when m said that stuff i was like that's proof that's right there that like i've heard proof say that yeah and like i felt like it, it, he brought up a good point because there's a lot of people like oh, like i know a couple people were just like oh come on eminem like well, you're not going to respond back i'm losing disrespect for you and i'm like dude proof said the same thing before yeah i like, mean this he's, was like this was like you come off four, three or four years before he died i'm like dude it was the same thing so
1: i mean when you when you reach that stage in your career to where you know that you've made a difference and you've yeah. done something, you don't really have anything to prove. You know, every once in a while you're going to give the fans what they want, but he, Eminem doesn't have anything to prove. I think one of the one of my favorite, I wouldn't really call it a diss track, it is, but it isn't, is Hit Him Up by Tupac. I'm oh. a huge Tupac fan. Yeah. Um, that song really kind of correlated, you know, the beef between him and Biggie even more because that was after Pac got shot the first time. Mm-hmm. He released Hit Him Up and it was just basically he went at biggie and bad boys yeah. it was it was good
0: yeah i think a lot of people say that's a definitive diss track i'm trying to find something that that rivals that but there's everything that i know that like it might be better lyric wise but like that impact was huge and a lot of people they do i mean when it comes to rat beast in general people point towards biggie and
1: tupac right i mean they they started it i mean i some of that i think kind of came about as play. I think it was kind of going to be something less serious than it actually was when they first started. Yeah. But I think after Pac got shot and I think after a lot of things happened, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you got Suge Knight involved. So that's always, (laughs) that's always interesting. But I think after, you know, Pac got shot the first time, I think things really started to unfold a little bit more rapidly than, you know, people expected.
0: Yeah. The, um, I wouldn't say that it started like that. They started it. They really, person like really took it to the next level. They right. took it to the highest level that anybody ever seen. Mm-hmm. Because before them, you still had beef. Like the, you actually had uh, KRS One. Uh, he had like issues with Marley Mall. Mm-hmm. and they. I know they had their issues. You know the the bridges over is, is a historic diss track, and that's definitely towards the beginning. And then you have, which I don't know if it was before or after Biggie and Pac, but you had like Common. And Ice Cube.
1: That'd be like I think it's a little bit after.
0: Yeah. I know it's right thing. around that yeah. era yeah. so it's like I'm trying to remember but I know that there's just so many. And then there's Because people forget about all those. Yeah. And I think you concentrate on Pac and Biggie and then some people will then dive into just everything Eminem because yep. Eminem has had issues. And that's the thing with MGK and I'm like dude like he's had beef with rappers that most people have never heard of or care about. Yeah. And he's beat most of them, if not all of them, just depending on how you look at them. Like he went against cannabis, Benzino, ICP, um Ja Rule. I mean I mean that whole feud was just huge. Yeah. And Jaw Rule never, <laughs> he never well never, he never he never recovered. Right. Like uh, the last song I remember by Jaw Rule that I really liked, but that he was on his decline was New York, New York. Mm-hmm. That was a hit, but he was backing away from Eminem. He was ba- Kind of backing away from fifty. Fifty took a couple more parting shots at him, Fat Joe, and Jadakiss Kiss after that, and I think then Fifty went into his beef with the game. Which, yeah, that's, that's another. I love that, that beef. Oh yeah, like um, because they
1: were both when well, that beef kind of you know escalated. They were kind of both at the top of their careers. And then, yeah, that was right after Hated or Love it, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, because yeah. it was it was like in the middle of the documentary to run that they had issues, and then he's started to leave g-unit i think it was like halfway through the album he officially left g-unit but that was obviously a part of you know g-unit records yeah so it was i know after that he did his own stuff and i enjoyed it like i was i was way more of a game person because i i felt like 50s career after uh the massacre kind of went downhill yeah because i look at the massacre it it, it was a really you know high selling album like it, it I think it was like 1.3 million or something in the first week. And that was really huge at that time. But I think that was successful because Get Rich or Die Trying was a great album.
1: I mean, I appreciate and love 50 Cent, but there was no way that he was going to top Get Rich or Die Trying, no matter what no, he did. That was there are so many hits on that album. There's so many good songs. I mean, you would cycle through it, and there was not a song that you wanted to you know hit skip or push mm-hmm. next. It was great.
0: He he put a lot of work into that album. And I think the funny thing too, between that album and the massacre, you had the beef with with Ja Rule, and it was like, oh, you sing, you do this, like you're not a you're not a real thug. And then like the next album, you know, he's singing more, and he's, yeah. he's bringing on Olivia, which was like the, their version of Ashanti. And I'm like, were you mad that he was doing what you wanted to do? I mean, because he like chased off the competition, and then went, oh, by the way, I'm gonna do this now too.
1: And we kind of hit on this earlier. There's a lot of like artists who you know they start off big they're the new hit yeah. and then they don't really change enough to really make people appreciate them more yeah but they change enough to stay relevant they try to follow the curtain trend yeah. and i think one of the things i really respect about M is that he never really changed who he was he's mm-hmm. never changed his style yeah um you know, I think his voice has kind of gotten a little bit different over time. Yeah. I think I think the way he executes his lyrics is a little bit different. Um, but I mean, he's still the same guy that he was, you know, in 98, 99. Yeah. His lyrics I think are a little bit more deeper and meaningful, mm-hmm. but even those lyrics back then kind of hit you hit you pretty hard and made you say, "Oh wow." You know.
0: Yeah, I think um his career took a left turn. Just just or just a turn in general, and it it uh, the corner of it is the curtain call. Yep because I mean that was a greatest hits album then he took a long break but everything that happened in that break really fucked him up yeah like we're talking about the you know the drugs I mean he was always on it but he he started to get off of it he t- I've heard him talk about how he actually gained a lot of weight mm-hmm. and his big moment where he was like I have to do something he was out in public and he overheard someone go like oh is that Eminem no he's too fat <laughs> and he was just like well I got to I got to change my life if like that's right. what's happening And then obviously we touched on like Proof Dying. I think that killed him. Yeah. Like when he talked about like the the track that got me on Kamikaze was Stepping Stones because I was maybe a big Proof fan. I was a big D12 fan Mm -hmm. and I'd always wanted another album. But when he kind of like laid everything out on the table, I was like, you know what? I don't know if a D12 album would be good without Proof. I felt Proof helped make Eminem better. Yeah. And also he was like that glue for the group. So once he was gone, that actually took a big element out of them and there was nobody that could fill it. So when he basically says, "Hey, I can't do D12 anymore." And you look basically during that 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 break his career just changed. So when he did come back out with uh relapse and recovery, he did sound different. He talked about how he was on drugs and he was he was flushing it all out and I think that really changed Eminem we knew yeah. back in the you know the mid to early 2000s. So like he's changed, but I think it's that evolving you do as an adult and as an artist mm-hmm. that's the other thing i've always heard when people talk about like oh they sold out they did that this and that i'm like sometimes you get older and you you as an artist you want to experiment right but there's also just getting older and you're just like i'm not about that anymore like i'm gonna do this instead it's almost why i really respect dre for a guy who's came out with only a handful of albums in his whole career but when he, he comes out the new album everybody goes crazy
1: yeah maybe because everybody's waiting for it and they want to hear it you know yeah. when, when you are at that level to where people are anticipating your next album drop because mm-hmm. you don't do it very often then you know that you're doing something right
0: and then like it goes back with you know if we circle back to mgk and uh, m that eminem has early in his career he had a better start off mm-hmm. than mgk and i don't know if anybody can defend that because i looked at the their, where they charted the highest on the billboard top 200 for mm-hmm. the first three, like full-length major release albums, uh, that doesn't count infinite because that is technically an album, but it wasn't like a major record label release. So you could talk yeah. about some Shady LP, Marshall Mathers LP, and Eminem Show, and then whatever the three MGK records like Lace Up, General Mission, and there's a third one that I didn't even know about. Yeah, that actually reflects the record sales because M's first three albums went charted the highest: two, one, and one. Yeah, MGK was four, four. And the one that I didn't know about,
1: 8. I mean, that's eight's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that, that, that that's
0: good, but at the same time, if you're comparing... It's your, not M. Yeah, you're comparing yourself to M. Like, he went on up between yeah. 1 and 2, and he managed to maintain it to 3. I don't know what Encore did, but I felt like it had to be at least top 5. And yeah. I think I look at it, too. Like, look what Eminem went up against in those, that, those days.
1: I mean, and in, in recovery, he... He uh, states in a song that he's like, I would have went against, you know, Lil Wayne and Kanye, but yeah. I knew I would have got it handed to me. Yeah. Because he knew at that point in their careers, they were so much better than he was because he wasn't in the right place. Yeah. He humbled himself to know that fact. And a mm-hmm. lot of rappers don't do that. Just, they'll go at anybody hoping that they're going to get a hit out of it.
0: It's, a, it's an ego game. Yeah. I've heard someone explain this and I'm like, wow. That, I mean, just rap in general and hip hop is everybody goes out there and says, I'm the best. So when the the person next to you comes up and steps up and says I'm the best, you have a lot of you'd look and go well I have to show them why I'm better than this person, right? So th- there's going to be those conflicts. I think as long as we don't get to the big epoch stage, yeah. like, that was actually my one of my biggest issues with M- what MGK said. Uh, there was two things that he talked about that I'm just like I rolled my eyes at. Everything being like I'm old. Or, I mean you're old and I'm young, and also like uh, I still do drugs and you don't. I'm just like being 32 i'm like oh shut up dude oh
1: my gosh i mean think about it this way too you don't advertise a concert it's out of the blue You got a venue you put mgk's face on a poster or you put eminem's face on a poster who do you think is going to draw a bigger crowd eminem every time so it doesn't matter his age eminem could be 65 years old Mm -hmm. and mgk could still be 25 whatever he is and people are going to go to an Eminem show because exactly. that's what they want to see. They don't care about MGK as much. So to even try to compare age to you know what you've done in your career just mm-hmm. isn't isn't even relevant yeah. at all. But the other thing is like he kept
0: talking about how he was he would uh he would body uh, Eminem and maybe like oh like say that stuff to my face. And I'm just like dude, like stop. Yeah. You're, like I don't care if you two were face to face. You're not even throwing the first punch.
1: I mean he's. He wrote lyrics about how he physically how he would dissect a human being. I mean, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to mess with Eminem. So no like, matter.
0: I mean, I don't think Eminem's that crazy. Eminem was very because he came from Detroit. And right. Detroit has that history of like guys like Esham and like ICP where they as much, I don't care what people think about them because I'm a former ICP. fan. Oh, hell, I'm actually by the time this gets released, I'm going to an ICP concert. I don't care to admit it. But when you dissect their music, it's like horror and you look at, like, relapse, Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a horror aspect to it. Yeah. So it's like, Eminem is just playing a character. He's writing all this. I'm like, I don't think Eminem's gonna go out and, like, kill somebody. Like, but everything that MGK's saying, I feel like it's at that, maybe it's because I'm older, but it's like, man, like, it's just like, oh, like, I'm young. I'm, like, he was trying to prove something. I'm just like, that's not how you prove stuff. It's not. Eminem, like, everything he said in his rhymes, and even if you go through it with a fine-tooth comb, there's just so much to digest. Like, he... I don't know if it's intentional or not. He makes references to his own work. Yeah, like he, like he mentioned, like nail in the coffin. Like I don't know if that's purpose for the the whole Benzino track, nail in the coffin, or is that just him mentioning because you know he's going to kill MJK's career, so it's a nail right. in the coffin. Um, there's when I heard that that track, the Kill Shot, I. There's, I had more lines where I was just like, oh, my God, did he just say that? I think the, Right. My, my favorite. Everyone goes to the, the Biggie, Tupac thing. I actually go to I have more fans in your own city. Yeah. Because being one of those fans, I was like, yep.
1: Yep. That's yep. 100% true.
0: <laughs> like, I think MGK could do a concert. I'm trying to figure out a good venue in Cleveland. But maybe he could do House of Blues. I don't know if he would pack it if Eminem was doing Brown Stadium. No way. Or no at least way. anywhere, like, or maybe you have them both do Brown Stadium back to back nights. I'm almost guaranteeing you more people are going to Eminem because it's fucking Eminem, and that's what gets me. It's like, yeah, MGK, I get what you're trying to prove, but now you're doing all this. You better come up with something, right? Be- because that's how a guy like Ja Rule killed his career.
1: I, I saw a video of uh, <laughs> shortly after Kill Shot was released, MGK was performing at a concert, and he went to go sing Kill uh, his diss track at his own concert. And everybody started booing him at his own concert. I've, I've seen that video, but I think it was a little doctored. Mm-hmm. But
0: I've, I've heard reports from people who've went to this on obviously online. So I don't know if it's true or not. But there were a lot of you know people just kind of like backlashing after a while. Because also, too, that wasn't MGK going on tour and headline. That's MGK opening up for Fall Out Boy. Right. So those people that are there aren't necessarily there to see mgk they're probably there for the most part to see fallout boy so i don't i don't know if he's i mean you know i think he's headlined tours but i don't know if they're anywhere on m's level but even if you go three albums in for m like what he was doing tour wise was nothing like he had already done and he didn't headline but he was doing up in smoke with dre snoop ice cube and all all them I don't know what MGK has done to compare that. And even what I was trying to say earlier, like look at everybody that Eminem went against album-wise for right. those first three. We're talking about the boom of the pop stars. Oh, We're yeah. talking like Britney Spears, Christina Agu- Aguilera, 98 Degrees, Backstreet Boys, Sync. He was still managed to first album, number topped at n- number two, which says a lot for that album. And then yeah. obviously he boomed with the Marshall Mathers LP, followed, obviously followed up one good LP to even just go nuts with almost every single single he did. I don't know if MGK has had good enough uh, competition Yeah. when it comes just on the charts because, right I'm older. I'm not listening to as much newer music, but I look at it like, dude, Eminem going to get some hard shit because that pop trend was huge.
1: Well, even if you think about it now, I mean, you know, I'm a country music fan too. I mean, even country music has kind of shifted away from what it used to be. And yeah. I think... No matter what genre, country, rap, hip-hop, pop, it's all pop nowadays. It's all it is. It's all a form of pop unless you really listen to some of the underground stuff or the lesser-known artists. But back when Eminem was really, you know, his first three albums, you had to think he was going through, you know, the end of that grunge kind of era. You know, the the alternative era was really, you know, kicking off. Mm -hmm. You had, like, the emo era, you know, like, he was – still relevant and mm-hmm. rap music and his style of music was still relevant mm-hmm.
0: like I, i'm i next thing i'm going to look at is like where each album charted the first week and compare it to what he went up against right compared to everything that mgk went up against those when those f- three albums debuted just because i do think it, it's definitely looking through with rose colored glasses that that era was tough
1: oh yeah oh 100 and even like I don't think
0: he did well on the TRL at that time because, obviously, that's when the pop music was huge. But still, like if you're people going out and buying albums, and I've even thought about that, like maybe to defend MGK, like maybe not enough people are going out to buy albums, and that's why you did four, four, and eight. But I feel like if your fans are diehard, like I I have Apple Music on my phone. When uh, Revival came out, I at midnight I downloaded this to it. I went to Target that day and bought a physical copy. Actually, not only for me. But for my 16, now 17-year-old niece who loves Eminem, and that's something that I think is, it's not everywhere, but having someone of that age who like most of M's career was before she was born, mm-hmm. or like a lot of the bigger moments was before she was born, and he, like she still loves him. Yeah. I don't know if MGK is going to have any of that, if any, in the next like 15 years. And the crazy thing too, we're almost 20 years of Eminem. Yeah. Like next year will be the 20th anniversary of the Slim Shady LP.
1: It's crazy to think about. Yeah. I was, was just telling you before we yeah. started recording, I had the, to kind of get into that the, actually. The, the cassette tape. And, you know, when my mom would drive us around, I used to listen to the Slim Shady LP unedited version because mm-hmm. I was a bad boy <laughs> uh in my mom's van, man. I used to take that. I used to just the album would finish and I would rewind that and listen to it front to back again and that real I think that, honestly that cassette really introduced me to the love for hip hop. Yeah. I mean, that really for the love of rap and, and kind of the flow and how it was, because I mean, my parents, parents grew up on country music and, you know, eighties and seventies bands, which I love both of those genres too. But that was kind of my first feeling out of, this is what I like. This is what I, you know, this is what I'm into. I think the
0: funny thing is when I was listening to that recently, the Slim Shady LP, like sometimes stuff goes over your head when you're younger. Maybe Mm -hmm. you don't think about it, but in the song, uh, I think it's don't give a fuck. He says the proof is in the pudding. Just asked to Sean Holton. You know that. You know that line. Yeah, top here? yeah, yeah. That's Proof's real name. <laughs> I ju- like it hit me, and I text one of my friends who's a you know big Proof and M fan too, and I'm like, I just got the reference. Like he said it, and I I've done, I now know Proof's name, and I went, oh my god, it's awesome. Like at that time, people didn't know Proof. Like if you knew Proof, you were in Detroit. And then when the Marshall Mathers Up became out, you probably still didn't know Proof as much, but when Double Night came out. You learned who he was. Yeah, and a lot more has gone on with him since. though so that was one thing, because what we were talking about too, like you mentioned, the cassette tape. I had the CD, mm-hmm. but it was the edited version. Like I think I bought it at a Kmart, and I, I was I was like, well, I'm like, this is the best I can do right now. I might have been see if I was in the early '99, I was like 12 or 13. Yeah, so I was like right on that age. Like uh, I, I could try to try to find it, but I wasn't getting to many stores that are record stores to buy it so i bought the edited version that still has a lot of like nostalgia wrapped up into it oh yeah like even even it just being edited i'm like i used to listen to that album like non-stop and i knew all the the crazy little edited things like little sound effects that they would put in yep and when i've gone i went back and listened to it like i think about a year ago it just brought back all these memories i'm like i this is the only edited like cd i'll go back and listen to right and oddly enough there was one song i never listened to was the edited version, because I skipped over it, was that uh, ninety-seven Bonnie and Clyde, mm-hmm. because like I don't know something about that. Like I just heard that opening and I thought that's all it was, and I don't know if the whole song is edited. But yeah, I was like, eh. I didn't listen to it. Then someone told me later on after I had the original copy, they're like, you know, that's a that's a there's a song there. I'm like, what? Like I thought it was just this weird sound effects thing. And then obviously with the Marshall, that's the one, another thing I love when any artists in general, like how he has 97 Bonnie and clock. Then he has Kim that goes before it, but came in the album after it. Mm -hmm. And it tells us like whole story, right? That's storytelling like that. I think is something that's missing. Oh yeah. I mean, hip hop.
1: Yeah. I mean, hip hop nowadays, you don't get that factor anymore. It's, it's all about what kind of beat can I just try to rhyme over and not even make sense. And I think Eminem hits on that a lot in Kamikaze, you know,
0: All right, we're going to start to wrap this up with our fave five questions that we have here on Wrestling Cheers. So in the style of Booker T, there are more than five questions. (laughs) So we will start with, uh, as I pick randomly, one of my favorites. It's a a staple for me. Bacon or sausage? Sausage. Okay, follow up to that. Link or patty?
1: Uh, This depends on the meal. If I'm making an egg sandwich, I got to have a sausage patty. You can't have that link on there. It doesn't work well. I've done it, though. I mean, you can. Uh, poor you times can. Call,
0: call. Desperate times call for desperate measures.
1: I mean, I, I've made contraptions out of food that I never thought I would ever eat in my life just because I was like hungry and desperate at the time. So yeah. I don't think making a sausage link into a sandwich is that desperate. But I mean, obviously, you're going to go with the patty if you have the choice every yeah. time.
0: Um, New York style pizza or Chicago deep dish pizza or Chicago. let say Chicago style. Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm never, I like I
1: like that deep dish.
0: I, that's what I love too. Because I I can ask either this question or there's the other one: Is Chicago a deep dish pizza? That does not count as a question. But I just I do look at it as like I love the Chicago style. I love the whether it be the actual deep dish where it's just layers, 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 yeah. or you have it to where the the dough under the pizza or whatever you want to call that that base is thicker. Either or like just more food. Like who's like how can you not love that?
1: I I can eat one or two slices of, you know, a Chicago style pizza and get pretty full and then I can eat like eight, you know, regular slices of pizza and just feel like total crap about myself because <laughs> they're not as filling. Yeah.
0: Um, third question, physical media or digital media? Physical. Physical? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's very respectable. I've had this conversation with many people. I'm definitely a mixture. hmm I think it depends on what it is, but like we mentioned about with Eminem and Revival, like, I have the digital copy from Apple Music, but yeah. I do like to have that... Like, I want to be able to hold a physical copy. Like, I still got to go out and buy Kamikaze because I th- I don't think those came out as quick mm-hmm. for physical, but I think there's eventually going to be physical. Yeah. So, like, I'll go and support that because it's if I select somebody, I'll do that. And also, too, if I think movies, I would like to hold on to a physical copy, but they, the fact that a lot of them offer digital codes... right? Like, so I can just sit down on my TV, open up an app and watch a movie and not have to like take anything out. Like I do love that aspect. So it's like it go either way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree with that with that aspect too, because, you know, I think a physical copy kind of holds more sentimental value to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we live in a digital age. So if you're getting anything, it's going to be digital. It's going to be streamed. It's just how it is.
0: Okay. Uh, question number four, catch up on hot dogs. Yes. Okay.
1: My my dad actually is a ketchup fanatic, and there's not okay. a whole lot that he won't put ketchup on. It kind of grosses me out. <laughs> he, he's one of those cats that puts ketchup on macaroni and cheese. Dude, it's good. I mean, I'm not it's against good. it, but like, I, I'm really digging that mac and cheese by itself. Do you really I, need the ketchup?
0: I think it depends on the mac and cheese. There's okay. some that's fine, but there's also sometimes I've had ones where like it adds just a better flavor, mm-hmm. but then there's also I've had it where I have macaroni and cheese, and then let's say... I don't know, I have chicken tenders, and I'm, I'm dipping it in ketchup, and it's like some ketchup gets into the macaroni cheese, I'll still eat it. It. I don't think I would do it all the time, but to spice things up, like, I have no issue with it. Yeah. But yeah, that's, a, I don't hear a lot of people say <laughs> when it comes to uh ketchup, but I know it's weird, because like going back to the Chicago thing, like, the, they are just, like, you put Chicago, I mean, you put ketchup on hot dogs, how dare you, that is yeah. revolting, and I'm like, I grew up. Like ketchup and mustard. Yeah. Like to I me, mean, that's that's the norm. Like you can throw anything else on there. I'm fine. But I don't know. Just ketchup is just... Yeah. It goes perfect with a hot dog.
1: And it's funny because I'm not a tomato fan. I hate tomatoes, but I love ketchup. <laughs> that's a very
0: common thing too.
1: I mean, I, ketchup tastes a lot differently. You know, it's got a lot yeah. more ingredients, but still like a lot of people are like you don't like tomatoes but you love ketchup what are you a weirdo
0: kind of (laughs) all right uh question number five we'll go with the wilkman question from kick out a two podcast is die hard a christmas movie
1: hmm i mean it was based i mean it (laughs) it
0: is it is personal (laughs) preference and that's that's why it's a question
1: mm, yes okay I mean, because it's still, it's still themed around Christmas time. And I mean, Christmas is referenced a lot. And I mean,
0: see, I had a friend of mine put it in a way that I really enjoy, but trying to get people to think about it. They're like, no, 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 that's not right. Is there's actually two different kinds of movies with that. It's there's Christmas movies and there's holiday movies. Okay, so you have movies like Die Hard, which you could take like, okay, it takes place at Christmas, it's a Christmas movie, but is it your Christmas movie like a holiday movie like Home Alone or no. Jingle All the Way? Like to me, like that is where it differs. Yeah. But I I throw it out there wording like that because that's the the big question. Where the
1: plot <laughs> is around getting the toy or Santa yeah, like, visiting, mm, yeah, yeah.
0: Like Christmas Story, I love Christmas Story. Like to me, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, and like to me, that I understand why that's a Christmas movie. That's a holiday movie. But there, there are some movies like uh, Rocky Four, like that fight takes place Christmas. Yeah. Is, is that a Christmas movie? No. Exactly.
1: I see your point. I exactly. see your point. Yeah. I see your point
0: 100%. I just threw this out to my girlfriend recently. I'm like, oh, I just, I, just to kind of go with the way people go with crazy moves. I'm like, oh, I got a new favorite Halloween movie. She's like, what's that? I'm like, Coco. She's like, that's not a Halloween no. movie. No. I'm like, it takes place during the, the Day of the Dead. That takes place right around Halloween, but it's just more like proving a point. Like, yeah, if something takes place around a holiday, doesn't mean it's that home. Right, right. So, All right, and this uh, actually uh, follow up to that one. That I do ask, what is your favorite Christmas movie?
1: Jingle All the Way. Nice. I yep. love that movie. Yep.
0: Uh, have you ever heard like the I don't know the techno remix of Put That Cookie Down? No. I oh, I'm gonna play that for you after we're done. Please do. like, Oh, I don't get shit for signaling here. out the it up later, after party, I played for you. Okay, but oh my god, they had someone taking that like put that put that cookie put that put that, <laughs> that cookie put that put that put that put that cookie put that cookie. Like it's the whole that whole bit oh uh, him and uh, Phil hardman Anyway, uh, the sixth question, which I tailor around my guest, we kind of talked about it earlier, but I didn't officially ask you. Is who is your goat for Apple?
1: Um, what's the scenario? Just in just, general? Just, well, just if I, in if general, I say who's
0: the greatest of all time, you will
1: say? I got to say Tupac. Okay. I, I mean, I'm a huge Tupac fan. I mean, I think a lot of general rap conversations are ba- based around whether or not you like Biggie or Tupac better. I think that's kind of the icebreaker. Yeah. Um, I think Tupac kind of ushered in, you know, kind of the NWA ushered in kind of more of the hip-hop and the rap that we're used to. But rap, yeah. But, I mean, I think... NWA's, you know, career was, this, as solo artist, everything took off. You know, Dre found, you know, Snoop and, like, did other things. But, I mean, as, as a group, they weren't around off, you know, very long. Yeah. And it was right before Easy passed away that they thought about, you know, kind of reigniting things. But Pac was around long enough to really make you want more and kind of respect yeah. what he did and usher in that era.
0: It was kind of the conversation I had with PB, because for me, it's Eminem, but... I feel like you look at a career of of Biggie and Tupac. So if people say like, oh, I think the greatest of all time is Biggie or I think it's Tupac. I disagree with that, but I look at, they did accomplish a lot in their very Mm -hmm. short time here. And if they would have had that that track record of like 20 year career, which we would be close to for both, like we'd be overpassed for both of them right now if they were alive, they probably would have created some crazy shit. Like especially Tupac. Tupac was such an activist. Like imagine if he was alive right now.
1: Well, that's that's another thing that makes them seem like they're so you know so high on the pedestal and kind of at the top is because they didn't have time to mess up you know their careers were sh- so short-lived yeah that we didn't really get to see the bad side of tupac or the bad side of biggie that you know we see with kanye now you know kanye you know he had all those hits coming up and now you're kind of seeing a guy who's kind of a ghost of his former self trying to be relevant it kind of makes you think would, would biggie and tupac be that yeah. eventually
0: they would i can't imagine all the stuff they would have went through look i even said with pb that i think machiavelli would have been a completely different persona for tupac mm-hmm. he would have took it like he would have went the k fae brown he would have been yeah. like i'm not tupac i'm machiavelli i don't know that tupac guy
1: i i honestly I, i'm a huge conspiracy theorist fan okay. and i love to always go into people like top 15 reasons why tupac isn't dead you know at, at the end of the day i really think he is you know passed away mm-hmm. but a lot of the supporting like conspiracy facts about why he may still be walking this earth is just mind-blowing Which would be a conversation for another day yeah
0: all right any uh final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go
1: uh just thank you for the show uh i mean for the time here and looking forward to the ocw show tonight um yeah all right
0: um any social media plugs before we go
1: uh you can hit me at FlexJordan81 on Twitter and then FlexJordan on Facebook as well. Alright man, thank you. Thank you so much. What's up everybody? This is Alex Worldwide Keller coming to you live here for a Thrift Store. Wait, it's not thrift store driver. Wait a minute. Wrestling who? Wrestling Cheers! Where everybody knows your
0: name. I know my name! It's Alex World Wide Killer and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers. And I want to tell you all about Wrestling Cheers T-shirts at Whatamaneuver.net. It's a heck of a shirt, cuz where everybody knows your name, and wrestling is a game, and the game is pain. And pain is what we feel, and what we
1: feel it's real. Whatamaneuver.net, wrestling cheers, do it up for your boy, Alex Worldwide Killer.
0: There we go the former OCW Ohio Heritage champion Flex Jordan and you know that it was a fun conversation oddly enough between both uh, interviews I, I mean I've, I had fun with both of them but neither of them was I looking at a timer I was just kind of going with the flow of the conversation and then we get into the the Fave five questions so it was really cool to have them actually be really close in time so Hope you enjoyed both of these episodes that we've had the past two weeks of interviews. Next week we'll be heading back to AIW and we got zero cool coming up. So that's going to be fun. And also I want to give a big, also a big huge shout out. I did the one before about to Jeremy for hooking us up backstage, but also the new OCW heavyweight champion, Juice Jennings won it at the last show, which actually I, Normally, when I haven't done an OCW episode in a while, I sit down and I just rattle off a lot of different results. Well, the last time I was at OCW, the the arena was Supernova, which was when Robbie successfully defended the OCW Heavyweight Championship against Ryan Burke. And then normally, because for those who don't know, OCW Arena is kind of in a place where I don't get really good reception. It's at an old school and I don't know what just that location or I think it's the building itself is blocking some signal. So I get not very good reception at all can barely live tweet. So I, I have a, the notepad app for the iPhone. I use that to just keep notes of all the, all the matches. So whenever, after the show I go out and live tweet, or the tech live tweet at that point, you know, it's, but still like getting out the results. I can, I have something to go by to be like, okay, this is, this is who won. I totally don't want to screw anything up. So, uh, so this one was a little bit different. There was a pre-show match. Lord Thomas, the brute beat Trent Riley as the, the, the pre-show match. I accidentally put in my nose po- post-show. I think I put that in the tweets. No one called me out on it, but thank you. Uh, match number one, Ron Mathis beat Pat the Bruiser. Match number two, Flex Jordan beat Brandon Fields. Match number three, Gino DiCapo beat James the Security Guard. Match number four, Crosshairs Kelly beat Matt Taylor. Match number five, the Electruck Company successively defended their new... OCW Tag Team Championships against Grant Andrews and Bruce Gray, and the main event, Juice Jennings pinned Robbie Starr in a triple threat match that also included former OCW Heavyweight Champion Jimmy Shane to become the new two-time OCW Heavyweight Champion. Uh, there, I'm guessing, as far as I, 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 I do understand, the, the DBI, which will be, as of this podcast, when it comes out, it will be next week's episode, or next week's, next weekend, we'll be covering uh, AIW. Unfortunately, we won't be at the DBI this year, because it's running the same day as AIW. Um, Apologies to them, but I do believe the OCW Heavyweight Championship is going to be defended for the first time at the DBI. So if you can't make it to Cleveland for AIW Zero Cool, I would strongly suggest to make it down to Canton, Ohio, uh, the J-Babe Community Center. I believe that's what it's called for the for DBI 7. All right, um, let's uh, wrap this show up. And, of course, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. You can find myself just the same way at heavyset330, facebook.com slash heavyset three three zero. Twitter.com slash heavyset330 Instagram.com slash heavyset330. Email, if you so choose to desire, restingcheers at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this wonderful podcast. If you don't already, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, in YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Podbean, restingcheers.podbean.com. If there's any place that you want to listen to us on, any app that you can't find us, those are the main ones. But just in case i'm always open to suggestions like hey i use this particular podcasting app you're not available on there i'll make us available on there and i will add it to the list but mostly those are the main ones and pretty much if you're on apple podcast you're on a lot of the other ones automatically but those are the ones that i've had to submit the feed to and podbean is just you know where the podcast is through so anyway we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net, and please check out all of our friends on the Training Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, and Old School at the Movies. Check out our other podcasting friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Adults, Penavitza Podcasting, Center Stage, Super Fantastic Podcast, Road Home from Wrestling, Kick Out of Two, The IndieCast, The Sobros Network, Network, and the Big Gold Belt Podcast. I want to throw out, too, if anybody's ever noticed, there are some podcasts that I, I at one time mentioned, but don't mention anymore. All but one of them are still, like, I'm still cool with, but I don't mention them. I just want to throw this out there so it's you know that it's because they're not producing really episodes right now for one reason or the other. If I don't mention... One of these, ne- if, if the podcast you might be thinking about is not one of these next three, it's because I'm just no longer affiliated with them. But we have the Chris Clem's Cavs Cast, Wingcast, a Wingman podcast with Steve Guy, and Let the Hate Flow Through You, which all of them, oddly enough, are on the Lousy Weather Media Network. All of which are taking their own hiatuses for one reason or another. So, I just I just don't promote them, but I want to let, obviously, everybody know, I'm still good with Chris Clem, I'm still good with Steve Guy, and let uh, let the hate flow through you, I'm still good with Jeremy Shear and El Hardano Diablo, but unfortunately, they don't do the show anymore. Um, I don't know if it's coming back, if it does, it's going to be done with Jeremy Shear, El Hardano Diablo is still a great friend of the podcast, eventually we're going to have him on, he was supposed to be on not too long ago, but things fell through, and it was what it was, so... Just want to throw out those updates. So those people, you should check out those podcasts. Some of the back catalog stuff, especially left the, left the Hate Flow Through You. It's a great show, and some of that is kind of timeless. All right, check out our other friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, Rebel Life Media, The Savage Stash, Set Tab Photo, Ringshide Sots Photography, Sickening Pictures, NEO Sports Insiders, and the official graphic designer of... Wrestling Cheers Moy Boy Designs That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers Where everybody knows your name Even if you are The most dangerous man In professional wrestling Later
1: Taking your way in the world today Takes everything you got Taking a break All your worries show
0: Like you get away. Sometimes you
1: wanna go where everybody knows your name And you're always glad you came You're a fan where you can got shirt Rose or other
2: shirt You're a
1: fan where everybody knows your name